Grassroots Rising is cultivating community through conversations. We are integrating innovative ideas, relationships, and connections while raising creativity and collaboration. Hello and welcome to Common Roots Rising. Today we're talking with Sarah River from Primitive Provider, Primitive Pastures, and the Stevens Point Area Winter Farm Market. I met Sarah at the Winter Market about four years ago, where she is a vendor. I also visited her farm, Primitive Pastures, last fall. Primitive Pastures is in a picturesque location north of Iola in Wapaka County, surrounded by beautiful natural lakes and rolling countryside. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Can you tell us more about your farm, Primitive Pastures? Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, as you said, we're just north of Iola. Uh, my husband and I have been here. That We're going on our ninth year. Uh, we raise grass-fed and finished beef on pasture on, in a rotational manner. And our whole emphasis is to, to raise grass, to build soil, to protect the water resources around here, and, uh, and raise happy animals. Um, our whole business model is focused on direct marketing, and we've really thrived with the farmer's market model. Great. And then I also understand you have um, Primitive Provider. What's Primitive Provider? Mm -hmm. Very early on, uh, we realized that there were a lot of us attending the markets and and had a lot of overlap in certain, you know, vegetables or meat products or eggs or whatnot. And uh, we didn't have enough of a client base to really support all of our farms pushing that model of we're doing everything or we're all doing CSAs. And so early on, um, we decided to shift away from the CSA model that works really well for a lot of families. But uh, Robin and I had both worked on CSAs and knew that kind of commitment. Uh, And we wanted to take a different approach and also combine it with some of our passions of, of cooking. And so we decided that we wanted to value add a lot of our ingredients uh, and attend local events. Um, just in the same way that we're able to uh, have that kind of direct relationship and outreach with our, our patrons and the community, uh, the farmer's market allows that, but so do these other cultural events in the area, uh, county, uh, county fairs and concert uh, nights. Um, both Wapaka and Stevens Point hold these concert series uh, in the summer months that are just wonderful. They bring so many people together uh, and food is a part of that and, a, and community building. And so we, it often leads to these really wonderful relationships with new people, even people that we wouldn't have run into in Iola just because we're there to have fun. And so we're able to talk about what we do, what we're, passion, what we're passionate in, and, and it, it just, it's led to a lot of wonderful relationships. Yeah, and I've, I've very much enjoyed your food at the uh, winter market when you set up. And then um, last summer, I know you had a couple of uh, events at the Summer Nights Concert Series in Wapaka where you did food. And, and I, I'm, I, I, you sure looked busy. So that, that, was, uh, <laughs> that was a good, good, good event for you guys. And I, I appreciate, I, I know that I, I recommended to the Wapaka Arts Board that, that you vend because you use uh, local food and, and local ingredients and rather than just find, you know, something from the grocery store to have a food vending uh, booth at. Um, I, I, it just brings in another aspect to that. We take a lot of pride. Uh, our primitive provider 
we talk about um, supporting our local farm farmers. Uh, that's kind of our slogan on our sign. Nothing new, nothing new, but it's 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 a simple reminder that there are so many wonderful growers right here, and it's important that we're we're putting our money back into the local economy so that can recirculate here and create stability for all of us. A, a lot of the the vendors, fellow vendors at the summer and winter farmers markets, have become close friends. They're peers. We. We look forward to the weekends to reconnect with both patrons and, you know, have that be a part of our, our living. But also, it's, this is our community. This is the, uh, the connections that we're, that we're building right here, both with our peers and with our patrons. Yeah, definitely. So um, you're, you're mentioning the market. I know I initially met you as a vendor at the market. We were new, newer to the area. We were just getting into our own ideas of, Oh, what can we do with our land, and and how can we, um, you know, do something with the farm market? And um, so anyway, I met I met you at the winter farm market in Stevens Point, I believe. Like I said, it was four years ago. And now I understand that you are the chair of the Stevens Point Winter Farm Market Cooperative. So can you just give me a little introduction about what is the Stevens Point area winter farm market? Sure. So uh, in the beginning, uh, we were sponsored and run by the, the nonprofit in Stevens Point Farm Shed. And uh, a couple years in, uh, there, there were some things that shifted around where uh, it, it was becoming taxing on Farm Shed's programming. Uh, and also, we, there's this urge for farmers to be kind of self, self-governed is the word, self-governed. So we decided we were going to create our own entity and be run but only by vendors. And so we decided that the most equitable option would be to start a non-stock cooperative, a service cooperative, just to run finances, basic finances of the farm, uh, or the, of the farm market. And, and so we decided to become a cooperative and I was voted in as chairperson. And we have a wonderful team, a wonderful board, uh, of of inspiring people that that really give it their all, and we work really well together. We have the same kind of ideas um, behind the kind of community that we want to build. Uh, we've decided to take more of an approach of we're not competitors. We thrive when we all thrive, and we can become more stable as independent businesses when we're when we're combining our efforts. How long is the Winter Farm Market been in existence in Stevens Point. Like, when was the origin? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our fifth year. Fifth year. Now, fifth year mm-hmm. as a whole or as a cooperative? As a cooperative, this is our third year. Okay, so as a three years as a cooperative. So, yes. so why did the Winter Market decide to organize as a cooperative? The cooperative model uh, allowed us more equity. We felt that. We wanted to avoid the feeling of being run by a, you know, a unilateral system. You know, having a dictator, having just one person in charge. We wanted the responsibilities to be spread out so it didn't become a tremendous burden on one member, uh, and we wanted some structure and record keeping so that as people changed over, as they came into the market or left the market, there was a there was a good structure there to allow us to flourish long term. Right. So then 
everyone who is like a regular vendor then feels like they're actually part of the contribution of the actual organization as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a part of the decision making. Uh, there are certain certain house, you know, many housekeeping items that are delegated to the board that are laid out very clear in our bylaws. And then other decisions take one member, one vote model as cooperatives are structured so that we all feel we have a say. Uh, and, and also not only a say, but a responsibility to contribute to the organization as a whole. Okay, so can you tell me, for those of you that don't, have not been to the market, uh, when does the Stevens Point Area Winter Market run, and where is it located? Mm-hmm. So we, now Stevens Point has a market all year round. So we start the first weekend in November, and we go all the way through the end of April. And then a lot of us transition over to the summer grounds there on the square, downtown Point. Uh, May through October. Uh, we're, the winter market's located. We rent space at the Redeemer Lutheran Church behind the Fleet Farm in Stevens Point. Okay. So now the winter market is a different cooperative than the summer market, co- which I believe the summer market yes. is also a cooperative now, correct? So why yes. are there two? <laughs> uh, there are two organizations because we have two different sets of uh What's the right way to say it? Um, we have a very different membership and different considerations in how we run our cooperative. So the, re- the requirements for the winter market uh, tie in also with we are renting space indoors. We have other sets of bills uh, to pay for uh, insurance and uh, make sure that we have all of our bases covered because we're renting an indoor space. Downtown Summer Market is separate. Uh, it's been a, it's been in their own association. So the Downtown Stevens Point Summer Market is the longest running farmers market in the state of Wisconsin. So wow. that that has been their own entity. They've been an association for many years and are now transitioning over to a cooperative structure. Uh, okay. But the winter market only having been in operation for five years, we didn't want to tag into uh, the summer market. We were we were new, we're new, and so we thought with different considerations, it just made sense to have a different en- entity. And there are a few different vendors at the winter market. I, I know at least before the holidays, there's definitely some mm-hmm. more um, makers and and uh, artists and things like that that I don't think normally come to the summer market, or at least don't seem to Correct. be Correct. Yeah, the summer market is, is food only. We don't have any uh, craft vendors or artisans there. Uh, at the winter market, we invite during the holiday time, uh, we invite holiday makers to come in and sell their wares, and it adds tremendous value to the market as a whole and an outlet for yeah. them. So, How important is a farmer's market to the local food economy? The farmer's market allows uh, a huge niche of folks that want to direct market. Uh, the farmer's market allows that communal space. It allows folks to to gain a much larger margin on their products than nearly anywhere else. Direct marketing is the only segment of agriculture where people are really getting enough margin to make it worth farming. 
when you scale up and you could get into, uh, you know, wholesale or whatnot, which some of us do, you know, for large, you know, say the co-op in town or grocery store or something like that. That's one thing, but you, you have to have with as low a margins as there are in food production, you, you have to just find as much of that margin as you can. And that's just where you, where you're able to fulfill that is that direct consumer relationship where this customer, most farmer's market customers realize the value. That's why they're there shopping. They realize that this is going directly into the pocket of the producer themselves. They're able to ask all the questions that they need. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a different it's a different level of relationship with with your goods with the the winter market in Stevens Point like you said 3 years as a co-op and and 5 years as as a whole um, what what does the winter market mean to you as the, and the rest of the farmers as lo- local growers i mean how does that help you Ext- does it extend your it's a huge season extender for us. So the summer market running made October, well, a lot of us have storage crops or frozen meat products or layers that don't stop laying, you know, through the year. And we have to continue those direct relationships. They don't just stop. I mean, uh, I'm thinking of, you know, dozens of families that I see weekly that rely on you know, my products to feed their family. So it just doesn't stop in the winter. So absolutely, we required a, a space to gather and continue that relationship year round. Yeah, great. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> this idea of having locally grown, locally, locally grown food, locally produced goods and food, having that alternative to going to the grocery store you know is is really i i I feel extremely important for uh, a local a local economy and can you share a little bit more about your what your philosophy is on or or your stand on on local food and in the local sense of local community building sure there have been a lot of changes in rural america in the last 50 years and beyond uh, most of our, you know, beyond, um, let, let's state first that, you know, th- this country was founded on genocide and that a lot of our ancestors acquired land in a not so honorable way. And relating it to, to present day, I don't have control over that, but I can at least acknowledge that. So that is a fact. Uh, moving forward, you know, in the last 50 years or so, we've had a massive consolidation of every single major agricultural industry. And what that's done is has closed up shop for many families. Uh, most of us can relate. We have some ancestor, some grandparent that was a farmer. Most of us cannot say that now. Uh, a lot of that is because they went bankrupt. They couldn't pay the bills. They weren't getting enough of the food dollar. They weren't making enough of a margin on the food they were producing on their land, and they couldn't keep it. Uh, This has happened in the beef industry, chicken, pork, everything. Um, We've moved away from regional food systems and moved into national and global food systems that don't benefit our local economies. So we have gutted small towns all over uh, with a lot of poverty 
and lack of opportunity. And so what the farmer's market means to me is that I, I have the privilege of being able to farm land and I want to treat the land in the best way possible. I, I want to make sure that you have and people like you have the opportunity to directly connect with the people in the community to have that relationship with their food. And we actually, we have to actively, intentionally cultivate that because there is so much pressure from this humongous corporatized world to provide things at the cheapest, but not necessarily the healthiest or most valuable for our, our region and our neighborhood. So yes, having the opportunity to um, have a direct place to connect with you and, and the other farmers, I think is, is a critical piece. And, and, it's, and it's something that I want to help celebrate to get more markets and more people in, in enjoying the markets so so everybody is sold out every saturday and and there's just such a, a flow of, of abundance going all, every single week so absolutely yeah it one of the issues we face is especially when it comes to meat and eggs uh we, with vegetables, we can often match grocery store prices and go lower and make profit. But meat and eggs, animal proteins are expensive to raise. It's expensive to own or rent land. It's expensive to raise grains. It's expensive in the manner of time that it takes. And so it's important that people realize that cheap food often comes at the sacrifice of the farmer's livelihood of and direct relation in in the practices they can employ on their farm to keep soil and water resources protected. Uh, it's important that we realize that the true value... Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say cheap food also, though, takes the money circulation. So you're getting into true value. It takes the money circulation out of the local community. And if you are feeding the livelihood of your neighbors that will come back to you in a in a cyclical relationship of of support so to have you know that kind of culture where and and be supporting that kind of culture and ultimately i don't think it's really that more it's when you really consider all the costs it's not more expensive it's just that those costs are you know being transferred to things that aren't necessarily healthy for our planet and, and, and the world. So, Right. Right. The true, the true cost is, is in, well, we'll say it this way. Cheap meat, cheap animal proteins often come from uh, cheap vegetables, cheap, most agricultural products in the cheap system are, they come from extorted labor. They come from uh, paying very low wages to some of the hardest working people on the planet, uh, and often in unsafe conditions. So when you're supporting someone at the farmer's market, you're making sure that you're supporting the livelihood of a farmer and allowing them to protect the resources they need to protect 
uh, all farmers, all farmers, no matter what kind, do feel uh, a major responsibility to protect the land. But when you're pushed into a situation where you're making too low of a wage, too low of a margin, you can't often make those best decisions. The farm market and the farmers that are there, get to know them and and talk to them. Every farmer that I've met at, at the market, they're interested in sharing their story about... They're, oh, incredible. They're passionate. They, they love what they do. They, they want so badly for this to thrive, for this to work. Because we, we all that are there have a sense that it is working to a degree, but it could be so much more. It could be so much more. And a part of the, what we were talking about earlier, Mark, about you know, how we all, you know, all of us that are at the market tend to have this network of, other, of peers uh, that we can depend on, swap ideas with, have you know, share support. Um, if people, other people are interested, all they need to do is come down to that, the commons, the common square. Come to the farmers market, and and talk with your growers. You'll you'll meet all sorts of folks doing all sorts of amazing things in the community, and they're so willing and willing to share and build that with anybody who has the 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 gumption and to I'm, do that uh, putting the virtual seeds in place for uh stimulating more of those conversations for the for the people that haven't gone out and done that for those people that haven't been at a winter market at um Re- redeemer lutheran church for a saturday morning winter mm-hmm. market could you kind of imagine, like walk us around on a typical Saturday morning. What can people find at the market? What, who, you know, who, who is typically always there? And, and you know, what kind of, who, who can you talk to? What, what can you find? What can you buy? What can you learn? Yeah, a lot of people ask me when they've never been there, they say, you know, what, what would you even find in the winter? You know, they're imagining the summer farmer's market. And we have... St- most of the things you'd find at a summer market, except a certain in-season things, like you, will, you won't find fresh tomatoes, you won't find fresh peppers, but you'll have pickled and canned versions of these things. You'll have value-added options, dried versions of these things. But we have uh, frozen meats uh, of all different varieties all year round. We have fresh eggs all year round. We have vendors that do fresh sprouts and so, yeah, fresh, uh, aquaponic fresh greens, greens mixes in the winter, uh, grown uh, locally. Fresh, fresh greens in the winter. Yes, it's amazing. We have many vendors that have high tunnel season extenders, so they're growing winter spinach almost year round now. It's amazing. We have people selling honey and maple syrup products. We have we have a vendor that sells coffee, fresh coffee where him and his family have had this relationship with these growers in Kenya and Mexico for years. And they go down and they help them harvest. They bring back the beans, roast them locally, and then brew it up on a Saturday morning. It's really amazing. We have uh, bakers, gluten-free baking. We have value-added meals. We have frozen pizzas. We have, oh my gosh, we have aquaponic uh, artisan or artesian well raised 
uh, trout at the market. Amazing. Uh, it, it's been quite an avenue. A lot of our vendors have really changed through time, realizing that value-added foods are really where you gain a larger margin. Uh, that's what my family decided with Primitive Provider is that we could, we could increase our margin just by preparing or cooking an item up. Because I don't know if everybody realizes what, this, what you just said. What is value-added foods? What are, what, are, what are we talking about? I mean, value-added means taking a raw farm ingredient, f- raw farm product, and preparing it, cooking it, turning it into something that, that is easy to eat, quick to eat, uh, where the consumer doesn't have to put in a lot of time. I've been selling as a vendor at the market with value-added products because we take our herbs and we turn with beeswax and we turn them into something that you can you can use without having to make it yourself. It's a real opportunity because you're you're literally buying it from the maker um, as well. I, I, I know there's uh, I, I did a, a written interview with uh, uh, Melissa from Fed Up Foods and. From what I understand, her mission is to take the waste that she was a food buyer for the Stevens Point um, co-op and saw too much ugly food but still very edible food going to waste and decided she was fed up and created fed up foods to feed us with that <laughs> still very tasty food and she makes beautiful things and that's an example of of a of a yes value added product that's available at the market directly from the maker so and I know you do that as well so so yeah th- thank you very much i think it's such a um uh, an important opportunity that we as consumers also are out there supporting and and finding out what else can we do to help our local uh, growers and our and our and our local makers to cultivate a stronger sense of I, I i know it's a lot more inexpensive than the medicines that you're going to get from your doctor and and i'm not going to say that that just by eating local unprocessed clean yeah. food is going to keep you only away from the doctor but it certainly is going to help a little it's going to it's going to increase your quality of life the the foundation of a of a quality uh, the foundation of good health relies on good quality water good quality food uh good community good sleep i mean those are, those are the basics. Good quality air. These are the basics. So we need to reinforce that. One of my um, uh, friends when we were living on Kauai was a, a cookbook author. And one, one of his mantras that he was always sharing was that food is medicine. And especially local food and the, and the direct local ingredients. And, and because now we have this Oh, this this extended season, all of these beautiful um, root vegetables and, and um, squashes and things that go th- mostly through the winter, but then the amazing amount of fresh greens that you can actually get right now, um, you know, I, I mean, 10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, that wasn't even available around here. And it's, and it's really nice when you can eat fresh spinach or fresh sprouts from, from the vendors. Sarah, can you tell me how does spending money at the local farm market 
benefit our local economy? That's a great question, Mark. So I'll I'll relate it to our own farm. Uh, Some of our biggest expenses come from processing our animals. They come from the feed we're purchasing. Uh, For an example, we have a really tight relationship in our agri-hood. We have a a few other farmers in in the greater neighborhood that we rely on for uh, winter feed, winter hay, uh, baleage, and we work together every year on that. And it's a vital part of supporting their farm and their livelihoods, but also ours and our own enterprise. Uh, so that alone, just our feed su- helps support, you know, three different families that we know, including ourselves. Uh, for example, we always use a local processor, uh, and that's thousands and thousands of dollars a year go into then this local processing business and their employees. Uh, we can rotate between a couple of processors. That's that's at least twenty jobs from from these two businesses that we rely on. Uh, let's let's go further out. We utilize the local uh, the the local feed mill in Arnett, and we get our mineral there, and that supports at least two or three families there. I mean, when you when you really lay it out, uh, you know. We're all so interconnected, and in, in the economy just it it refunnels, it recirculates right through our own community. Let's explore this idea that you just said, this word that you just shared called agrihood. What does that mean to you? An agrihood. We so it, an agrihood is it's a it's a community of of people that live right here on the rural landscape. We rely on each other as neighbors. We rely on each other for uh, the services that we're each providing. Uh, so like I said, we, we have these close relationships with a few other farmers in our agrihood. I take pride in that. Uh, it, it, took, it takes a few years for, for people to feel comfortable with a newcomer uh, <laughs> out here. Um, we were the, you know, we were the we weren't from around here. We weren't raised from around here. And it took some years of trust building, relationship building. Uh, and it's it's just such a beautiful thing. Uh, we rely on them. They rely on us. We we do better when we all do better. It's, it's a state of mind that we're not competitors, even though some of my other neighbors raise beef uh, like us. It, it really, it creates stability and a sense of place and a sense of belonging, uh, and a sense of responsibility. The other day when we were talking, you brought up this term agrihood, and, and uh, you know, I'd heard it before, but not recently, and, and I was really started thinking about how interesting and important that concept is, especially in the way that people look at the rural countryside and all the division over the last few years and how like neighborhood relationships are really important and and you were sharing with me um i don't remember how you met this person but you there was some and, and you, you met somebody that was connected to somebody else that was connected to where you were getting your hay so can you share a little bit of that story that you shared with me about those connections Sure. It, it, when you're, when you, 
like we, we did not grow up here in Iola. And it can be hard for, for you to form relationships with, with people around here when you don't have that touchstone of the local, you know, school system or a local church or, you know, some community group. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it was a funny thing. The other day we had some, uh, our, now, the, now I know a neighbor in our greater agrihood, Tracy, stopped by and, you know, I, I'd never met him before. And he was looking for some bedding that he, he, he was looking for this road, Larson road up the road. And it, it, oh, that's my, that's my neighbor's driveway. And it was just listed differently. And he was like, where is this? So he saw our cows and turned into our driveway and we started talking. And it turns out that he's the father of our male lady. And then we got to talking even further. And, you know, we never would have met had he not just randomly stopped by and, or our dog, you know, was out roaming somewhere. And, uh, and it turns out that, uh, he works with our neighbor, Joe, who, who we purchased most of our winter hay from. And, uh, just this last spring when, when Joe was cutting the first, well, the first cutting for our needs, um, he was in a panic because one of his, you know, pieces of equipment broke down, and who did he call? Well, he called Tracy, and Tracy came over and helped him with that day's work. And I didn't hear that from Joe, but turns out Tracy was a vital part of of that day's work for for making sure Joe got that hay and was able to, you know, uh, sell that crop, and then also for us to be able to get through winter and feed our our herd for the winter. It, it was connected in a way that I never would have realized had he not just stopped by. And it's just such a small world. It was really neat. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, it puts a face to multiple faces to your winter hay that you're feeding, feeding your cows, which, which is, is bonds you to the, to the community. I, I know um, when I, I've, our mutual friend Rachel Barissa, her and I have talked about this idea of getting to know your neighbors, and she's got cows, and and uh, she's getting to know her neighbors because they get out, yeah. <laughs> and and she so she has taken it upon herself to make sure everybody has each other's phone numbers. But she said some of her neighbors who had lived next to each other for ten years or more didn't have each other's phone numbers, so she has been actively. Um, getting people together to, you know, at least thank her neighbors for saying, "Hey, my cows are out. Let's and, and have a bonfire and and just have a little community neighborhood celebration." Because she, um, she really believes in this idea of uh, what you call agrihood. I don't know what she calls it. We haven't talked about it in that term. But this whole idea of sharing and bartering and helping each other out is so incredibly valuable, and I and I think it's something that really gets missed in the larger conversation of what's going on in our rural countryside and for those that haven't been say grown up in in northern or or north of Iola and the countryside that maybe don't know what's going on because everybody is so busy and they're leaving for their jobs young people are leaving the community yes the brain drain people are leaving rural America because there isn't much opportunity here the average the average age uh, of the the average farmer age now is oh it's it's around sixty it's around sixty uh, new people aren't wanting to get into this line of work even though this is 
everyone needs a farmer. Everyone is engaged in agriculture because they eat food. You know, this is something that we need to change the conversation on. We need to educate everyone on how important it is that we support rural communities. Yeah, absolutely. And the realizing that your your neighbors matter. I mean, when you look back, you know, 75 years ago, you were depending on your rural neighbors to, you know, put up the barn, to bring in the hay, to make, to take care of whatever needed to be taken care of. And, and um, now with these very large farms, you know, with all this big equipment and everybody is like, you know, so far away from each other, and we don't we don't know each other. We we end up um, really not having an agrihood. It, it's just these big businesses out on out on land, and what is, and what does that relationship look like for community and for land? And and uh, that's you know such an opportunity to like build a thriving rural community is is looking at our agrihood and our and our rural culture and and the opportunity that we have from a local standpoint to support our each other i know that you are also a member of wisconsin farmers union i understand right what what is the local chapter called that you are part of the wood portage will pack a chapter of the wisconsin farmers union rachel barassa is our chair uh and i'm the vice chair Certainly, groups like Wisconsin Farmers Union are advocating for rural community, and and it's not just for the farmer; it is for the whole entire rural regional community because our farmers need a thriving community around them for support, and and not just to only buy their products, but to you know have things repaired and to have services available and to have a connection to to um, different different services and different yeah. community function and things like that it's, it's right most small most small small places on the rural landscape you know the th- the businesses that remain it we're looking at you know mainly taverns and you know maybe a gas station here or there uh, it, because there aren't thriving family farms out in the rural landscape anymore. We don't have as much of a need for rural hospitals, you know, rural schools, rural services in general. So the people that are left left back here, you know, have to travel further and further away to gain basic services. It's a huge right. problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet one of the things that this the pandemic exposed was this idea of everybody's going to the city lives closely packed together and some and it's not just young people but plenty of people want a little more space and a little maybe a little piece of land and and then they're looking at well how can i do something with that piece of land that maybe takes care of it and also provides for my livelihood and there is a a movement, I don't know how big it is, but there's definitely a movement of people that are wanting to connect back with their roots, connect back with the land, uh, maybe live in the countryside, still be connected, not be completely disconnected, but uh, and also have an opportunity to make a sustainable living. So, and I know you're 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 
I, you're younger than me. You're, one, you're a younger person that moved out to the rural countryside of in Wapaka County nine years ago. Um, and it certainly would be nice to have more people that are wanting to share this this idea and and bring in more of a, a sense of let's let's figure out how to make everyone thrive in the in the in these conditions or or not in these conditions in better conditions yeah. so you want to share a little more sure uh so I, my husband and I, we have two sons, uh, Gaius, who's nine, and Odin, who's six now. And it was really, we were natural resource students, my husband and I, and we, it was really important for us to raise our children uh, out in the country. It was really important for them to understand where our food came from, what, uh, how, how to protect our water resources, our air resources, our soil resources. You know, this was the foundation of life. And we realized in many of our classes in, in school that, that the greatest effect that humans have on the landscape comes from how we're raising food. We wanted to be part of a movement to, to bring that awareness to the public eye. We wanted to uh, have fresh, quality food for our families. You know, we wanted to live more in tune with the seasons like our ancestors did. Um, there's a there's a great piece to to that rhythm of the season in our farming life. Sarah, is there anything else you would like to share with us today? I would encourage anyone that's interested in in farming uh, to to reach out to us to stop by the farmers market and and ask us questions. All of us are so eager to share what we do. We're so eager to connect with people and to brainstorm ideas on how to build a better regional food system and how to build a more secure food system, uh, an equitable system. Uh, And that extends beyond just food. Uh, So many of our vendors are involved in other projects. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us today. So can you tell me... Where can we find more information about the Stevens Point area winter farm market? Sure. So we have an active Facebook page, Stevens Point area winter farmers market. And we do have a website that we're actively working on right now. Um, I would just encourage you to come out on a Saturday morning and check us out. So it's Saturday mornings where again? At the Redeemer Lutheran Church behind Fleet Farm in Stevens Point. Uh, from 8 to noon. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Common Roots Rising. You can learn more about how we are cultivating community at commonrootsrising.org. Mm-hmm.